Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Wild Ones podcast, episode number seven. We're your hosts, Francis and Jimmy, and we're going to talk about bike stuff. <laughs> Uh, how are you, Francis? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. We're on holiday currently. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. This making making me work on a holiday day. Uh, technically, well, you know, it, it is work. It is actually uh, our friend Nick Harnett's fault because mm. he works for the podcast platform that we use, and he said the most important thing about podcasts is consistency. So it's interrupting our holiday. This is our effort in being consistent. Yeah. Well, it's good. I haven't spoken to you since london so it's nice to have a chat it's been lovely isn't it <laughs> <laughs> lovely break we spent way too much time together yeah before yeah, then so we did yeah we did uh, do you feel rested not really no 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 i had a week in scotland where i literally sat in a hot tub and i still don't feel rested oh no it's your fault maybe it's just this is how you feel now in life it's it's what happens when you get to 37 and a half mm. i feel quite rested i spent the last at least the last four days in the land of hyrule what the hell does that mean? In Zelda. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Zelda. Zelda. Hours and hours. It's been great. Did Link come... come blah, 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 blah. He came to town. Did Link come to town? To save the Prince of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> we should get onto some cycling stuff. Do you think? Yeah. For example, the first topic of the day. Is voice-controlled shifting the future of cycling? Absolutely not. So SRAM have uh, applied for and therefore released into the public information about these new patents that they have, which are for two things. The first one is voice-controlled shifting, cool. which involves, well, we have a diagram here, we'll explain in more detail, basically a microphone that you speak into as you're riding. The man, the picture, the diagram has a helmet on, little microphone that pops out. That diagram is hilarious, isn't it? It is. Well, it, I, I think, you, I, I don't want to make fun of it, because I think there's some good uses here. Okay, cool. As crazy as that sounds. No, it doesn't. Yeah, bear with me. And the second thing is gloves, which you shift with, like touch, finger touch gloves. Like, like, how do you shift currently? By pressing buttons with fingers. It's basically the same thing. You know, but I assume there's a reason for this. They're not stupid. 
they're not just doing it for fun, are they? Or they're doing it, who knows? Literally, so we talk about it in a podcast, Perhaps. potentially. Perhaps. Um, the first one, voice activated shifting. Initially, I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. In actual fact, I think it's really cool. I think of the two, it has more of a case. Mm -hmm. I've got a friend with one arm and he has to have an adapted bike to be able to shift. Mm -hmm. Justin, he, uh, another one of my friends, he's paraplegic, rides a hand bike. He pedals like this, um, for the viewers, for the people who are listening, he pedals with his arms round and round and having to shift and everything is difficult again. Voice activation would help both of those people immensely. It is, that is exactly the reason why I think it has potential merit, mm -hmm. is there are people with, uh, I guess some people with mobility issues would benefit from that, perhaps. Yep. The other one, mm -hmm. I think is ridiculous. What, the finger? But there must be a reason. But you, they already do wireless blips, so just get a pair of gloves and just stick a blip in it. Bosh, done. Really expensive. That's going to be really expensive. What, you think that's... Yeah, it's going to be cheap. <laughs> so the drawings of the gloves show presser sensor pads on each fingertip, uh, each fingertip, linking to a mini processor slash battery unit on the back of the hand. That would be annoying. One example SRAM gave for how the gloves might work is touching your index finger and thumb together to upshift the rear derailleur and touching your thumb to the middle finger to downshift. They also said they could potentially work by just pressing a fingertip against the handlebar. I've worked out a scenario where this is actually the best product in the world. What's that? Unicycles. Because there is no handlebars. Exactly. But there's also, well, like a, a hub gear. Well you, well, you could... There is you, no you, hub. There's... Well, you could now, though. You could get a rear mech on a, on a unicycle. You could, no, well, you don't need a rear mech. They, they have... There is geared unicycles. I don't know how they change them. I, I, I met a guy who was talking Not with to a me magic glove. <laughs> Not with a magic glove, no. He wishes he had a magic glove. It would be cool. Um, so, SRAM being SRAM, when it comes to shifting, it's not always mechs you're talking about or you like using the technology. They use it for other stuff. So, droppers, you know, the axis droppers. Yeah, give me another example. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, okay, here's a question. Let's think up. Trying to be positive here, you know. Three scenarios where it would, would, would it could be like really cool having a glove activated electric SRAM thing. Um, what about? I've got none. Why? I was trying to think something food related, but still, it doesn't. Food related. Well, I don't know. Like it feeds you, like a feeding tube, and you press a button. Which also doubles up as a microphone, yeah. so you can yeah. also shift. Actually, with it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, um, um mm, suspension lockout could be a thing it's indulgent that though isn't it wireless um, like get, mountain bike handlebars get I'm, tr I'm playing I'm trying to be kind to this here trying not to come up with ideas I bet they've got some good ones handlebars get very cramped on a mountain bike so dropper uh, and suspension lockout and then you get gears and everything it's just what if they're going to get into the eSports space. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a controller. Because if you think Zwift just launched that controller thing, didn't they? Which has got loads of buttons. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's actually a controller for an E thing. Or left and right. Maybe. Well, a wheelie. Electric Every bikes as well. Power, power levels of electric bikes. See, there's more and more to control on a bike, isn't there? As time goes on. 
e-bikes yeah mm. that's there's there's more stuff going on there isn't there patents don't always mean that product's definitely going to happen but it does mean they're exploring the ideas so i think we just need to wait and see yeah they put it out in the world to see if anyone's going to challenge it right mm-hmm. so are you going to challenge it well, i don't know maybe someone at campag right now is just like throwing his glove in a bit. I, if anyone was going to do uh, a Britney Spears-style speak, like a microphone, mm. it would be Campag. I think they'll prob- there'll be someone at Campag that's legitimately upset that SRAM have come. I think it's a good idea. The voice thing is, um, I'm really sold on. Because imagine if you had, like, imagine you had the ability to use handlebars, hold on to them, you're fine. But with motor skills, some people's, you know, they might not be able to ha- have the dexterity or people with arthritis, like pressing the buttons. I guess braking can always be an issue there as well. If they, if it, it's, it's, it has potential. If they made braking easier, that would be a, breath, a better solution. Because braking is the limit. To, yeah, it's very easy on electric bikes. Yeah, yeah, it already is. Uh, I don't know. I like, I like weird innovation. I'm trying to think if there's some kind of like AI thing they're thinking with this as well, because everything's like tech these days, isn't it? But I don't see. I get like a microphone for controlling AI. So, or some kind of like software doing something. Mm. This is why I'm thinking esports in both cases. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, maybe that's it. They're both part of an esport thing. So you've got like fingers for controlling movement, and then a speaker for chatting to people. It's like Call of Duty or Call of Bike Messenger. I mean, Zwift is e- esports and that kind of market, like it's growing. It's huge in the mainstream gaming world. So it's like a million pound competitions. You win and you win a million pounds, million dollars for the biggest games. So Zwift has potential to like, I guess less people cycle and play video games, mm-hmm. smaller market, but it could get there. So the tech, if they're investing in the tech. So Francis, mm. electric shifting has been around for a while. Lots of us were skeptical. I was skeptical of it when it first came out. Is it the same with glove-based shifting and voice-based shifting I, I i feel no but i'll probably eat my words <laughs> the the glove one i really don't get because you're pressing a button we yeah, but think i think that's us not anyway. getting it there's going to be a there's there's a there's a secret the voice one although it's it the, the voice one why not like what, what why not you, you know you're riding your bike and you just make it easier please thanks mate and that it gets a bit easier. <laughs> it says it's using, uh, what was the term they use? It uses an already existing like voice command thing. So it'll be like Siri or Alexa, something like that. See, so the, soft, the software they're using is, is will recognize most people's voices, but I mean, and they're pretty good. I'm they're not accurate. I'm not overly convinced that gloves have a place without knowing what their plan for it is. Mm-hmm. Voice activated gearing, I can absolutely categorically imagine people buying, which takes the price of the top end bikes from 15 grand to 25 grand. <laughs> There's the justification. I don't care if it makes bikes more expensive, if it makes them more accessible for people. What, 25 grand? No. The actual, <laughs> does the technology existing, if it means like it makes it easier for someone who can't shift, yeah, yeah. then brilliant. Um, and stuff does get cheaper. Stuff does trickle down. Look at the group sets we've got here. Like the the new 105 is insane. Like the the newest Tiagra. Yeah. All that Q stuff that comes out would be brilliant. Now on to our big question of the day: Should pro cycling be doing more to assure fans that doping is a thing of the past? So 
Jonas Vingegaard amazed fans with an amazing TT performance. Stage 16 of the Tour de France recently. He beat Pogaccia by 1 minute 38 seconds, which is huge. Many hailed it as a testament to Vingegaard's incredible ability and advancements in tech and nutrition. However, there was also a lot of uh, insinuation and accusation of doping, as there often is when someone performs very well in the sport of cycling. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a very big, very long conversation. <laughs> it's and true. Fortunately, we have unlimited amounts of time. Unlimited. <laughs> This, <laughs> you first. Um, I think that in many cases, there is examples of athletes that are exceptional. Mm -hmm. And there is every possibility that he is exceptional. And there are a very small proportion of people that are exceptional. Mm -hmm even beyond the other exceptional people. Um, so I don't think it says he is doping. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's like bodybuilders. Do they use gear? Obviously. Un unofficially. No. No. <laughs> no, no, they do. Don't. Officially, yes. Because they have natural competitions and non-natural. Yeah. They do, but then do they think there's people sneaking into the natural? Well, of course. Who are, <laughs> Obviously. What's the point of it then? They might as well just do the non-natural. I, I, I do think it's possible for people to be unbelievably exceptional. Like like even when like Wout Van Aert came through, it was just like, wait there, he is like very good. Oh, it's the same team though, isn't it? <laughs> so there's been commentary in the world of cycling from both sides here. Um, comedian and cycling fan David O. Doherty tweeted... Stopped watching the tour after the time trial, the mega performance followed by all the usual VO2 max better nutrition ch chat is just so ball crushingly familiar. It's Indoran, Pantani, it's Reese, it's Armstrong and Contador all over again. It's so many people. Maybe it's just the toxic legacy and this goldfish does keep coming back to it, but it all feels so flat. Meanwhile, former Team Sky sprinter Greg Henderson, I think he listens to his podcast, my Twitter feed looks like it did back in the late 2000s. Armchair experts everywhere wouldn't have a clue about the tech that's, that has evolved in cycling. French newspaper L'Equipe also ran a front page story on Vingegaard's TT performance with the headline, Out of This World. The same headline that they used when talking about Lance Armstrong in 1999. And many think that's a, a nod to that. That is quite funny. That's quite, yeah, quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> So, Francis, what did uh, Jumbo Visma say about it? <laughs> Jumbo Visma responded to accusations. Uh, the boss of Jumbo Visma, Richard Pluge, he claimed his team's what? victory happened because other riders were allegedly drinking large beers on their rest day. I find that very hard to believe. No, I think the, the victory, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the stats of this stuff, but like the guy rode, the, the numbers he produced were bonkers. Who? Vingegaard right 7.6 watts per kilo for like 13 minutes and that was at the end the, the TT was longer than that so he's riding over 6 watts per kilo for ages and then at the end like, I think there was a climb that he just it's numbers that are astronomically big so that's why he performed well <laughs> he put more power out than everybody else mm -hmm. uh, Vingegaard responded to doping claims saying I think it's important to focus on it 
It's been going on for many years. It's not part of it anymore. Thankfully, I can understand people on social media are critical, but I'm not on drugs. I don't take anything illegal. Does that mean you don't take anything at all? Or does it mean you don't take anything legal? It means he doesn't take anything legal. You know, like, he'll probably have protein shakes. Caffeine, paracetamols. There'll be lots of stuff that is super highly processed that's not natural that will give you an advantage. You know, like uh, nitrates and beetroot juice. Sure. Like, you know, it, it's it's in a quantity that is not natural, mm-hmm. but it isn't a legal substance. They're always going to do the absolute most legal stuff they can do, and they're going to try and manipulate the rules as much as possible. Are they? All professional athletes will, because yeah. you, you, you do what you do within the rules. So there, you're talking, to play devil's advocate, here and it, this is p- potentially controversial but weird research chemicals which are not yet banned but have possibly very performance heart enhancing effects they will be doing that you think well, well perhaps yes but it might not be that weird it might just be a new process plus i think that significance with the new breed which mm-hmm. is bogaccia and vingegaard is they have very like they're young they have clearly been groomed since they were kids, like kids' kids, yeah. because the sport now has money. Whereas if you look at like football, you know, like like when I was young, you've got people like Wayne Rooney coming through. Talent like, scouts, and they're looking for like but seven-year-old right, uh, players. Because there was already money there. Yeah, so you yeah, could yeah. have a 16-year-old that was like the best football player in the world, mm-hmm. whether you think he was or not. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was making his debut and scoring goals in the Premier League at 16 years old. And that's because there was money there for him to start playing football when he was like two years old. Mm-hmm. The same thing can be said with cycling now. There's been a lot of money in cycling now for, uh, what, 10, 20 years? Well, probably 10 years. So someone that's in their 20s or early 20s was probably from a household where they were into bikes anyway and was riding at a young age, <clears throat> excuse me, was showing an interest in it. And it was like, well, there's there's money in this. So, you know, let's see how, how good this person can be. Mm-hmm. I, I've definitely spoken to you about this theory of like 10,000 hours, like... No one is exceptional unless they put the graft in. And yeah. there's 10,000 hours. The idea of 10,000 hours to be uh, an expert at any given thing. Someone like Vingegaard and Pogacar were probably training at a professional level at an age that is probably unhealthy. So by the time they get to their peak athletic performance, which is going to be like early, mid-20s, maybe late 20s, they've already got like so much in the bank. That all these hours, all these reps. Well, exactly, yeah. There's, there's, they've built such a, a base that when they do apply the, the new technologies, the, you know, the bike technologies, the kit technologies, the nutrition technologies, go into a team that has uh, 50 million pounds or whatever their budget is, to make sure that they have the best nutrition and the best this and the best that, then that just gets you know magnified even more. Mm-hmm. Purely based on numbers, more people are uh, competing in cycling than ever before. Yeah. There's more humans in the world, right? For now. Uh, and the that means there's going to be more chance of finding someone who has an FTP of six and a half watts per kilo, yeah. seven watts per kilo. And it potentially is an anomaly. Yeah, yeah, true. And that, that does happen. Mm-hmm. Like what was that swimmer that was like bonkers? Michael Phelps. Was he? Was he a? Dope? They how? No. Well, I, well <laughs> maybe. They the swimmers. So the the biological advantage that a lot of swimmers have is Marfan syndrome. Oh, cool. Apparently, which is uh, a a arm span longer than their height. Height here. Yeah. 
so there's a lot more I mean at least in cycling there's a bit more variation in what you can, can be good at like most people can start cycling and they're going to be like oh yeah fairly good at competing in either track or as you can do be a sprinter or a climber or whatever in swimming it's like unless you've got well long arms don't bother you're not going to be <laughs> don't bother <laughs> well webbed webbed toes there's some people well yeah there's probably some people who are more buoyant do you in think, the world do you think it's cheating in swimming to get skin grafts in between your fingers and toes I bet oh, toes. some people have done it but yes it's probably banned as well why that shouldn't be banned it's like mutilation do you think a cyclist could get an implant of a third lung and probably more not. blood that probably. is banned it would probably be there's probably complications perhaps yeah. yeah um where would you draw the line oh, you talked about d doing everything within the legal realms sorry marco doing anything within the legal <laughs> that's going to sound very listening i just touched the plant that's in between us is called marco plantani um he's listening he's come to life because we're talking about this is a touchy subject really isn't it <laughs> where do you draw the line if you think athletes from all sports, and correct me if I'm yeah, words yeah. in your mouth here, you think, you think athletes in most sports are would be silly to not do everything within their power to legally be faster? There's a rule book. There is literally a rule book. Yeah, and it, it says this is sports. allowed, this is not. Yeah, so, so you're going to do everything that science says. Mm -hmm. the, the minimum you're going to do is everything that science says makes you better that is within the rules. But some people disagree so uh, i raced the tour series it's pro teams you know i wasn't a pro but there were pro teams there and some riders there would take caffeine pills some would take painkillers paracetamol some would take even stronger painkillers when they were allowed tramadol mm -hmm. where do you draw and and, and uh, the riders there who were pros a lot of them despite it being their job and their their you know their careers on the line would draw the line somewhere in the middle of there and just be like no i don't want to do that you know they were, a lot of people have caffeine gels that's like really common that's a performance enhancing substance which everyone accepts is like cool yeah coffee paracetamol people go some people go and some people go yeah why not what does the rule book say yeah paracetamol was fine and tramadol was fine there you go so it's fine of course it is yeah yeah but then later it was banned because it was then it's not fine <laughs> So you're just saying, do everything. You, 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 by your logic, I could have just go to a, a doctor or a chemist. I'll make Joe. Oh, I wouldn't trust him to make me some don't drugs. Talk, don't talk about Joe. <laughs> you're going to get us into trouble. You're going to get us into trouble. Don't use his full name. If I suddenly get really fast on the right. <laughs> you could go to a chemist, get them to make you something which is not on the banned substance list, potentially. If you had a million pounds to do it, which teams do, and then you could be faster than everyone else and give your riders a new drug. I would hazard a guess and if that, it's, the, it, that the product already exists. If yes. it has performance benefits, it will exist. It'll just be whether it's on the band list or not. We have a chemist guest on there. Because um, from my understanding, there is a, a, a huge array of like chemical formulas that will, you will still have, they will all have very similar effects. A lot of drugs have similar effects, but they have a different chemical formula. The same thing can be applied for performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unlimitedly, potentially. Like, I, like I, I, we need to speak to someone, an expert. Like, at a point, EPO wouldn't have been a banned substance. Yeah. Like, at a point, 
heroin and cocaine wasn't a banned substance. Yes, exactly. And they used to drink champagne mid mid stage because they were thirsty. Mm-hmm. Like, well, actually, they probably still. I would imagine booze isn't banned, but they do the little on the Champs Elysees at the end. Yeah, yeah. little not banned. Um, but you know, they used to literally use like cocaine and like whiz and stuff like that. Yeah, and it wasn't banned. That was just part of the band. Sure. Like, I'm tired. I'm gonna have to stay awake. Yeah. Arguably not that good for you either. So it's probably a good thing it was banned. Yeah. So, <laughs> pro cycling has a bad reputation. Yeah. Which is why people are instantly defaulting to people doping. Which doesn't happen in other sports. It doesn't. No. Well, you can so the same, so, same. Like, all right. Uh, so, for example, if a Russian gymnast all of a sudden <laughs> was 20% better than everyone else, people would go, Doping, definitely. Yeah, 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 even yeah. if they weren't. But in football, if a young player collapses on the pitch, the media doesn't go, EPO, they're on drugs, their blood got so thick they collapsed. Mm. Whereas that is literally what happens in pro football. Is it? Yeah. But not EPO. EPO. Uh, unofficially, uh, speculation. Speculation. From- Sorry, Marco. I put to Marco. It's just. Poor guy. Marco's clearly trying to make his point. Mm. My point is, it doesn't get blown up in the media in the same way. And especially by football fans. They just seem to watch and enjoy. Whereas cycling fans, there's like, this big 50-50 split of just like, oh, they're doping, oh, they're not doping. Most I, people still watch it and enjoy it, I hope. It would probably be because football is... Uh, obviously, foot, football requires very good fitness, mm-hmm. but it is a skill sport is the sport is based on skill cycling is based on cardiovascular ability in terms of your performance yes there's skill involved you've got to be able to ride a bike you can't no no, no. my like, sigh there was not that my sigh was yes but football is at such a much higher level with the fitness does come into it they are running they are like yeah yeah they are doing it does it, it, but it's just as important as the skill size. A normal person can have the fitness of a professional football player. A normal person cannot have the fitness of. A I don't know. I, I disagree cyclist. with you. I disagree with you. I, a normal person, a normal fit person, would not be as fit as like the the pro football players. Oh, I don't know. I disagree. Yeah. Like like some of the the amateur runners that I used to run with that used to like turn me inside out. That are, that are nowhere near like being professional runners mm-hmm. but are just like unbelievable humans like they would run circles around a football player and they're just a normal what, person just run, job. or run, well, the do fit, it playing a football the, game the nah, see I disagree I reckon they're so there will be like lactate recovery and they're so they like hard bursts and then they recover and they can just run and they'll they, there's so much money involved that the problem will be if, if there is a problem in cycling which there is a few people like there are people being caught it will be worse in a sport where there's more money involved I, I, I. So uh, you're saying if there is illegal doping stuff happening in cycling, then more of it is happening in a bigger sport. Yes. Right. Purely because of money. I think. Possibly. Purely because of money. Because stakes are higher. There's more incentive. I actually commented earlier. Um, and there is definitely some doping happening in cycling. I've spoken to a few pros. They're like, oh, yeah, we know the guys who are doing that. It's the like giveaway stuff. You look at some retired pros and they have gaps in their teeth, receding hairline, like the jaw. They 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 look like they've been taking 
either growth hormone, testosterone, that, you know, they look like bodybuilders, but skinny. I don't think you can say they've definitely been taking it. No, you, you can't. Again, it's speculation. It is speculation. Yep. Maybe they just have more growth hormones. <laughs> I think in our very first podcast, I actually commented on how it feels like cycling has finally moved away from the space where everything feels like there's doping. Mm -hmm. And then seven podcasts later, bam, straight back in. Mm. It's very disappointing. Mm. From one performance. So what could be done? What should be done so that we haven't got people watching the sport of cycling, which is beautiful to watch mm -hmm. and going like, yeah, but these people, they're, they're doing this and they're doing that. Sure, surely something can be done so that you can enjoy the sport knowing that everyone's on the same even playing field, playing by the rules. I enjoy it anyway. Yeah, but a lot of people go, well, it's just open. I'm not interested. Like Doherty. How many people, though? At least one. <laughs> I, have, I can factually say one. I can speculate 49 million others. Okay. I still enjoy it. And there's enough people to continue to enjoy it that will continue to enjoy it. What was your favorite stage at the tour? Uh, so the last one <laughs> the last one. <laughs> one of my twins doing really well getting on the podium yeah yeah the Yates brothers how many twins have you got so I look I look strangely like the Yates brothers and we have very close birthdays as well do you so we might actually secretly be twins like tri triplets Doesn't, you definitely wouldn't be twins and triplets. if your birthdays are different days then you're also not triplets no or probably not <laughs> speculation <laughs> do you think testing do you think there should be more testing or do you think the testing should be made available to us? Well, they got, for, for people who might not be that into cycling there and they might not have heard about it, there's a thing called the biological passport, which is instead of just random drug testing where you pee in a pot at the end of a race, all professional riders have to have regular testing done and a blood passport made so you can see if there's any big di like discrepancies or anomalies throughout the year. That has, I think that satisfied a lot of fans and made people think, oh, at least this is all being done and it's going to be a lot harder to cheat. Whereas previously, the pee in a pot test is not very accurate and not very, like they don't, they're, they're either testing for one thing and then they did the wrong thing and the rider's taking something else and a lot of it would just slip through the cracks. I remember reading an article years ago. Uh, I wish I could pull it up again. I had a little look, but I couldn't. Um, about the the chances of being caught by one of those tests and it was the pee in a pot the test. pee in a pot yeah just like a standard doping test and it was just astronomically low like less than one percent no really yeah it was just ridiculous even if you were doping because it was just so, it was they someone had done some maths in this article i really will try and find it if i find it i'll put it in the description down below and it was just like it's basically uh, it's a it's a it was more the conclusion was it was more of a deterrent like the fear of it uh, so that you know you're, oh, someone might test me and catch me rather than actually being caught by it see I, th I think that feels like the people testing don't actually care and that There's as long as the sport as long as the sport's exciting and people are not dying yeah then yeah. Yeah. You know, keep, the, the better they perform the more exciting the sport is mm. do you think they should be more transparent with testing data should we be able to see this information I think I mean 
if I was a world tour pro, I feel like I could prove if I was clean or not and just release more data or like pay for my own. I guess you can't expect people to do that because not all riders are like mega rich, are they? But you- Does releasing data make- Prove anything? No. Because there's always going to be exceptional performances. That's yep. the whole point of it, isn't it? You'll yep. build, like if, if he peaked, if, if Vindegaard peaked in that TT, mm. well, what a perfect time to yeah, do yeah. it. Like that is-, that is well, There's also like, what, are, what how are we going to interpret data from, from some blood testing? Badly. Yeah. With a lot of Unless you will, or like someone who is an expert. And then you're taking it secondhand from the expert, who in the past have, there's been experts involved in cycling who've lied about stuff. Mm. So it's really, it's a, just a bit of a minefield, isn't it? I think we should ask our mate Will, who is the nutritionist for EF, whatever they're called. Yeah. And say, uh, EF, doping, and I'm sure he'll tell us whether, whether <laughs> they're or not. They're probably saying no. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Time for another round of overrated, underrated, the best bit of the podcast. I love it, in my opinion. I absolutely uh, love it. Me too. I'm going to read out a list of things, and you're going to tell me if they're overrated or underrated. First one, Jonas Vingegaard. Um, Surely this is... N- okay, This is you have to answer. I, I don't know how... I, I can't. No. He might be the greatest cyclist ever to have ridden a, a bike. Bicycle. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Which would mean that he's, even with all the hype, he is underrated. Yeah. By maybe logic would dictate. But based on speculation, he might be very overrated. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to be the optimist mm-hmm. and I'm going to say he's underrated. Me too. Me too. I would like to be optimistic. I love it. I love watching it. It's really good. I really enjoyed the, this tour, and I think I can enjoy it, whatever the case. I'm just not going to look too much into it, despite having to talk about it for half an hour on a podcast. <laughs> Matt painted bike frames. And this is a suggestion via uh, listener Ben over email, who said he'd noticed Tour de France teams are using matte painted frames, just like in Formula One. Ferrari's boss recently said that matte paint weighs less than gloss, it's thought that matte paint might have small aerodynamic advantages. I think that might be for much higher speeds. The theory is that the rough surface creates a boundary layer of turbulent air. The rest of the airflow then flows around this boundary layer with less drag. I think both of those possible reasons for using matte paint in cycling are just not 
going to make much of a difference. Uh, very small. Because the, the weight, there's a weight limit anyway, which they all can get to. So they don't need to save a couple of grams like they want to in Formula One. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, Formula One cars are going at what, 300, 400 kilometers an hour? It's like a tiny, tiny game, no. isn't it? If there is, if, if there is any. I can imagine like so, some, I know paint weighs a lot. I know frames, ideally, if you're going for a super, super light bike, like if you're one of those hill climb guys, taking paint off and reapplying just a very thin lacquer or a very thin layer of paint is good. Yeah. Because paint can be 100 grams, 200 grams, especially yeah. multi-layers. But they're showing off their sponsors in the paint jobs, aren't they? So they want it to be visual punchy. Matte painted bikes for performance, overrated. Matte painted bikes for cool as, underrated. In black underrated any I, other color overrated because cleaning it is annoying my first ever bike was a matte mango bmx and it was sick i would i would rebuy that bike right now. you wouldn't have to clean it though because the bmx you just leaving and let it get all messed rusty up. yeah <laughs> no shit <laughs> no but matte like okay if it was a light color imagine like a white a matte white bike yeah sick really cool but then cleaning it's annoying yeah just don't ride it oh yeah it's hanging yeah. Hang it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. My, most of my bikes just hang on the wall. Overrated. No, underrated. Glad. I'm glad we're in agreement. <laughs> Deep dish carbon wheels. Overrated. Underrated. I think they're great. But so does everyone else. Yeah, but they sound good. And they feel good. They don't. Well they, they well, they feel fine. They just feel like wheels. Nah, they fit. They... But you could just do that whilst you're riding. Overrated. You... For, okay. Underrated for like... A smashy ride, racing, brilliant. They are faster. Bike packing, avoid. Or anything multi-day where, in any situation where it might be hard to find inner tubes, it's just really annoying because you get like you need a longer valve. I know you can carry valve extenders, but even that's annoying. Right, I'm going to break this up a bit. Yeah. Anything over sixty. Sixty mil. Oh, yeah. Sixty mil deep. Annoying. Not interested. Mm. Forty to sixty. Sweet spot. Perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Looks better as well. Under 40, alloy, rim brake, alloy braking surface, beautiful. Just your normal wheels. The classic. Winter training wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. So deep, fat boy Sometimes wheels. The skinny wheel does look good, doesn't it? Yeah. There's occasions where it's like, oh, this, that bike needs a skinny wheel. You put that on. Tam wheels. Yeah. Okay. What was, the, <laughs> what was the what were you doing overrated oh, I'd still go with underrated I like him <laughs> oh bike packing overrated <laughs> it's horrible well based on the uh, the pure definition of bike packing which I people get really annoyed at me all the time for calling touring bike packing ah oh, it's all the same like it doesn't matter like if someone wants to be elitist about going and having fun on a bike fine but I, I'm not interested have in fun it. with that no, I, I mean, I purposefully do it now just so I wind people up. Whether you sleep in a tent or in a five-star hotel, still overrated. It is rubbish. Go to one place and enjoy the roads in that one place. You've got a nice base. You don't have to faff about checking into hotels or pitching a tent every night. You get a good night's sleep. You leave all your bags in one place. So you don't have to ride around with them. Bosh, done. Or just stay at home and have a great time at home. I disagree. I disagree. The best things I've done in my life have been bikepacking. Oh, that makes me very sad. Yeah. 
because you've been missing out or uh, that I haven't done anything fun in my life? Well, if they listen to the best things in your life, then wow. <laughs> <laughs> you've just been on a, How many bike packing trips have you been on? I've done loads. Have you? Yeah, like proper ones where I've oh, yeah. slept in like tents and stuff. Where have you been? Not like, in the English ones don't count because England's not a good place to ride. Wales. <laughs> it's it's the, it doesn't matter. It's the same experience whether whether I've done it in a hot country with hotels or not in a hot country and carrying your own stuff and sleeping in a bush. Mm. I it's you just a, don't like it. I, I I it's riding with stuff for a start. Like no, I don't want to do that. It's put me in situations which would be impossible to get into otherwise. Cool. That I will remember forever and I treasure. I've experienced lots of things without a bike that are very hard to achieve that I will remember forever also. I think it's underrated. Okay. I think more people need to put stuff on their bike and go riding with it. I, and uh, just to try. I think You more, might be like Jimmy and you just... I think more people need to have barriers taken down so they can do whatever they want yes. to do on a bike. Yes. And whether that's bikepacking or not, sure. Mm -hmm. But I think bikepacking is hipster cool and I'm not interested in it. Nah, it's good. Lucy said, I went bikepacking with my friend Lucy and she was like, there's something, something special about just all your stuff is there. And then you are completely self-sufficient. You're not thinking about anything else. You're just riding and your stuff's there and you go to a place and that's it. If you love that so much, yeah. why don't you just, like not have a house? Because I don't want to do it all the time. Why not? If it's the best thing ever. No, it, but why not? it, it the, the, the start and the destination, that challenge and the going. progression and you're going, no. Don't have any possessions no. apart from the ones that stick on your bike. No, because that's different. Then you're... Then I, you're... I tail fin to adapt you like a guitar mount. <laughs> and then there you go. Perfect. Just keep, All my needs. Just keep going around the mount. world. Just keep going. Okay. That's it. Boru's doing that. He really is still going. We've talked about him in a previous podcast. One of the guys who used to work for Hearn Hill. He's still going. He's been in Malaysia for about, he's maybe, he's, maybe he's turned into Jimmy and gone, oh, I'll just stay in Malaysia for a bit. Yeah. He's been there for months, but I think he's just moved on. But he is, he's over a year now. He's still going. That could be you, Francis. It's great. I think it's cool. Underrated. Overrated. Next up, Diet Coke. Uh, Coca-Cola, full fat. I don't drink it very often. I'm usually it's usually desperate times when I do, and it's beautiful. It is the nectar of gods. It is it is better than a cold beer. It is just beautiful mm, at the right time. Usually it's bike packing. Yeah, <laughs> ice cold Coke Zero is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It tastes sweet, but it's not. Yeah. So far, you've talked about two things which are not. Yeah. The list. Okay. And then in the middle, you have this thing that somehow is just crap. <laughs> I 100% agree with Why? you. Why? It's horrible. Rubbish. Horrible. Well, originally, it was the only no-calorie option. Uh, and it was marketed. It no calories. It was, the way it was marketed, I'm not sure if on, on purpose or not, was towards women. It was more appealing towards women. Do you remember the advert or are you too young for it? Probably too young. You don't remember it? No. Really? It all happens in the other. It's, it would basically be like a group of women, like receptionists or something yeah. like that. Uh, or not even receptionists, but like in an in a, like a, a office environment. And there'd be like a window cleaner who was like a model. And he would like do some window cleaning. 
take off his top to reveal his abs, crack open a Diet Coke, and all the women would be like, oh, swooning over him. Right, okay. So that's why they invented Coke Zero. <laughs> so men would drink it. Same thing with Pepsi Max. That's interesting, because the Coke Zero branding is all like, Ugh. Exactly. Ugh. Interesting. That's why. So why do they make Coke Zero, or why do they make Diet Coke not taste very good? It's weird, isn't it? Mm. It doesn't taste nice. But some people specifically like Diet Cokes. No. But, but yes. Good. Some people, yeah. Yeah. Do you know the most annoying thing is when you go to like a bar and they are, and you just you want to you want a Coke Zero. You don't you're not you're not you know, you haven't done a bike ride, you're not interested in a full fat Coke. You ask for a Coke Zero and they go, Is Diet Coke all right? And the answer's no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's horrible. So I don't know how popular it was. Let's assume Diet Coke is still very popular. I'm going overrated. To say fantastically overrated. Overrated. Next up, Harry Styles. Um, I really like Harry Styles. Styles. I really like Harry Styles. I saw him live in Edinburgh. One of the best. Bearing in mind, I've seen a lot of very famous legendary musicians perform yeah like I'm, i love live music is he gonna be one of them he is easily one of the best performers i've ever seen in my life unbelievable mm -hmm. but he isn't underrated or overrated because the world worships him he's like he's in films he's a films he's literally just like peak everything mm. is that overrated no is he underrated I'm, you know, I'm going to say he is underrated because I think he is going to be like we we in our generation we haven't got the the you know the Elvis Presley the Elton John the Freddie Mercury we haven't got those people from our he, generation. He is that guy of this he, generation. One hundred percent is that you know mm. he's the Freddie Mercury now. Well, will he? Will he be looked back on I, like that? I'm very it's I'm, hard to understand it. As, I, it's going especially because I'm not. I don't like his music. I'm not into that. Maybe I would enjoy a show if I somehow ended up there. Probably not. But probably not. So it's hard to, to get it, you know? Whereas all of those legendary musicians you just spoke about, I like all of those. I would want to go to their shows. So I th it's I th hard to sympathize. It's hard to understand why, why he would be looked on. It's the same with a lot of big artists. I'm, not, I'm just not into. I think he's the kind of person that in 10 years' time, when he's like not really cool anymore, you'll listen to his music and you go, do you know what? Those are absolute bangers. Because they are. They're sick. They're so good. And then you'll see you'll see a performance because he'll be at like, I don't know, Live Aid 53 or something rather as an old man. And you'll be like, wow, oh, he, he knows how to move that guy. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm, I'm going with overrated, but ask me again in 20 years time. Yeah, cool. Next up is Listener's Takeover. And the question is from Dave no, from Dublin. No, it's not. You missed a bit. Oh. This is... <laughs> that was... <laughs> fluff Up of the Week. <laughs> that was Fluff Up of the Week. Oh, God. <laughs> Should we start again? <laughs> you can edit that. You <laughs> Time for Fluff Up of the Week. And the Fluff Up... <laughs> That's the Fluff Up of the Week. That was it. The Fluff Up of the Week is that our foamies which are behind us right now, for the video viewers, have shrunk. That, and that was little gaps appearing in the wall. It was really annoying because it took like 20 days to do. It doesn't actually bother me. That's the sort of thing that bothers you and doesn't bother me. It does bother me. But it might bother people at home. 
Like the speck on your camera sensor. You can we fix that? You can't even see it. No. You can't, can you? No, that's no, all right. We're ruining the illusion now. There is gaps. So there's so uh, for those of you that aren't watching, we have black foam panels on the walls around us, which helps for the sound. And they've shrunk probably because it's warm or something or other. And you can see the white wall behind because we didn't want to waste time and energy painting the wall behind it. We, we did consider it, but we were like, nah. Audio has been the most annoying thing about this podcast. Audio? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. About videos in general. The problem with good audio is it costs a horrible amount of money. <laughs> and monitoring. And skill. And skill. <laughs> None of these things we have. <laughs> it's more the, uh, the manpower to make sure it's all working and monitoring it because things turn off and equipment is unreliable. Do, I think do, that's the issue. Do we say manpower anymore? Person power. Person power. Yeah. yeah. Pe people power. Power to the people. And that fluff up of the week. There we go. Loads of stuff. <laughs> Next up, listeners take over. Question from Dave from Dublin. I joined a local club in 2022. The group was welcoming, but the rides were short and the pace was fairly slow for me. There was also no one my age in the club. I ended up not renewing my membership, expecting to find another club that was a better fit. Unfortunately, the only other two clubs with a reasonable distance were full. And cycling clubs get full. That seems very it seems a really weird situation. One is uh, super race focused and the other one is really full and expensive to join. Do you have any recommendations on where to find group rides that aren't club organized or even just some folks to have a casual spin with? Bike shops. Bike shops? Yeah. Bike shops nearly always have a, a ride that goes out because they want to promote their, they want people to come and use their shops. So often bike shops will have a regular ride that goes I guess it's just like cycling hubs, isn't it? Even like cafes. Like um, peddling squares, do they? I, yeah, they peddling do. squares, they do rides. But they're, they're a workshop as well. Like are they? sell things. Yeah. Okay, Definitely I, a workshop. they were a cafe. Nah, there's a, I think there's a workshop. But still, there's like hubs, isn't there, where, where people hang out? Yeah. I don't know, like if you were just like hanging out with your mates and someone came over and was just like, mm. can I come for a ride with you? Kind of would. You, you almost need the, the like establishment to kind of like break that barrier down a bit first, don't you? You can mm -hmm. kind of be like, we're bringing people together. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe ask your local cafe or bike cafe or shop or whatever if they can do a kind of thing to bring people together. British Cycling does have a thing on their website where you can look for clubs, but not necessarily groups. Social media, perhaps. There's lots of Facebook clubs. thing. Uh, there's one in. There's, there's a Calpe one in particular. If if for some reason you want to be in Calpe, <laughs> there must be other ones that exist. But I, I'm I'm a member of like the Calpe and Denia. Honestly, the most niche thing you've ever said, ever. <laughs> and the Calpe one. Well, those people go to Calpe and they, they might go on their own and then you can find rides. People are like, I'm going out on a four hours this way, blah, blah, blah. And they post it there. It's a perfect example. No, it is. It is. It's got a search cycling people Calpe. Calpe. No. Calpe. <laughs> yeah. Replaced as appropriate. Uh, my friend Stu was making an app and I don't think it ever finished production. Oh, cool. <laughs> it was. So don't download it. No, it's good. well, it might exist in another, someone else might have nicked the idea, or maybe he did finish it. Sorry, Stu, if you have. <laughs> if you have, we'll put a link down below. It was basically Tinder, but for bike riders to meet up. So you like- an actual date area, and then you can find other people to ride with. And the idea was like, you'd find a, a local through and off to do. Where, where? So not dating. 
not dating though. So literally just kind of like meeting friends. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So social media. Was, yeah, but it was an app. It was like you swipe, find people. So like Tinder, but not in a romantic way. That's exactly what I just said. In a cycling way instead of romantic. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Pretty good idea. So I met most of my cycling friends from Instagram. Mm. So like like Chris. Chris I met. Well, no, no, I met. Well, I met Lawrence for the first in, on Instagram, then met him in person at a ride in Richmond, which is then the first time that I saw you mm-hmm. when you started showing me slices of bananas that looked like Lawrence. Which looked like a dog, which looked like Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Uh, I met Chris on social media and all of the people I used to ride with back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, just literally just on Instagram. They were just like part of little groups and collectives. That you but before you know it, that then expands, doesn't it? And it's, yeah. But it's, you meet people through other people. And yeah. before you know it, you have a network. Yeah. So usually those, all of these are like the instigator. And then once you've met a few people, like the same with cycling clubs, that's kind of the point of them. Uh, Kingston Wheelers was the first cycling club that I joined. Brilliant club. Probably about 300 members when I joined. And when I l- left a couple of years later, although lots of people welcome to go on their rides, even after they leave, they're like, you, know, you can rejoin. Uh, it, there was 400 members, 500 members. There was never a limit on the amount of members, but you'd meet people on those rides and then you would form smaller groups of like-minded people and go and organize your own rides. Yeah. Doesn't have to be the organized big one on the Sunday. Bearing in mind that this, this dude is literally saying that he just doesn't get on with the people in the club. In the club. Mm. They, he doesn't, they, they, they don't. Mesh. Not, mm. yeah, mesh. I, I think generally most cyclists are not beds. So as long as you're not too pushy, like just chat to people. Mm. People ride past you, just have a chat with them. Just don't sit on their wheel for like two miles and then be asking to be their mate. Yeah. A lot of it's confidence, isn't it? Just say like. Say, say hello, wave. Say hello. Don't, don't then turn around and just like tail them for a while. That'd be creepy. It would, yeah. Mm. Lastly, this is a great tip. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below if you want to ride around Dublin with Dave. He's about to have the biggest group ride around Dublin ever. That would be so That'd be cool. so good. Send us pictures. Oh, that would be the coolest thing ever. Maybe we should, your mate Stu, let's have a chat with Stu. We'll, we'll be the faces of like cycling Tinder, mm-hmm. not romantically. Yeah. And then non-romantic Tinder. Let's think, what's the law could it be called? No, I've got nothing. Um, oh my Producer God. Emily, Spinder. Oh my Lord. Better than the original name they had. I think we need to do this. Any app developers, please get in touch because we have a project. <laughs> Please don't steal our idea. <laughs> that we yeah, stole off Stu. Just, just don't make it. <laughs> Sorry. Do you have any questions or stories? Please send them to wildonespodcast at cademedia.co.uk. That's all for this episode. If you watch the podcast on YouTube, please subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, and all that stuff, give us a follow and a review. It really helps. Thank you very much. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.